how do we neutralize these non-compliant, mule-headed, sovereign citizens? What will they bring to us? How do we silence them? How do we demobilize them? How do we stop them? Well, we know that part of the answer to that question is they try to use the rhetoric to marginalize us. So for the last eight years now, we've all been called racists and bigots and homophobes and transphobes and dangerous extremists and purveyors of mis and disinformation. But the backlash to that has been strong. So that's really promising to me. So if you ask for winning or losing, I think that in the fourth quarter, we're actually winning because the backlash to this is so strong. In future, we might see the first cults and religions in history whose revered texts were written by a non-human intelligence. And of course, religions throughout history claimed that their holy books were written by a non-human intelligence. This was never true before. This could become true very, very quickly. This is, this is really seriously an issue when you have a criminal openly telling you that they are going to hijack the rest of your life and remove the human existence completely in an extinction level event that will be replaced by AI bots and robots. I mean, that is really shocking to listen to and people just say, you know, well, that guy is just crazy. Everything that this guy says, he fully intends on carrying out. Everything that these people say, the criminals are telling you what they have to do. It's part of their satanic religion. It's part of their devil horn worshiping that they have to tell you what their plan is. They have to telegraph and project and tell you what they're about to do to abuse and to kill you and to take your kids and to snatch them up. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. In the time of censorship, non-compliance is key. From an undisclosed location in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Just when you think you think things couldn't get any worse, uh, they are. And they're gonna keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse until you decide that it's time to get off your butt and do something about it. But you ask yourself, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do to make a difference? How do we impact different things? And the, the fact is, is that you don't have to make a giant splash in this world to make a difference and make an impact. A bunch of little splashes pushed together can make a huge difference. Welcome to Noncompliant America. I'm Joshua Michael, your host today. It is a great day. It's a week after the 4th of July celebration. I hope that you were able to enjoy time with your friends and family and enjoy the freedoms that we have while we have them. The freedoms are at jeopardy, and I talk about it every week. I talk about it all the time. It's something that I just feel like I'm beating my head against the wall trying to get people to understand on how dire the straits really are, how dire of a situation we are. And another example on the, uh, the task and the climate currently going on, uh, the thing I want to talk about this first segment is the Salem payroll tax that the city of Salem, the corrupt, disgusting board 
of the city of Salem is trying to initiate a new tax on all city employers. So the community services are not be able to keep up uh, by next year. And so the city is attempting to propose a tax on you, the citizen, the hard worker. The proposed employee payroll tax is expected to generate supposedly $27 million. This includes that those who are self-employed as well as remote workers. That means if you work remotely, the city of Salem is now going to send you a tax. Before we get into these details, I just want to say this is a prime example on how important it is to get involved at a local level at local politics. They do have a meeting coming up. They do have a meeting coming up. So I advise you all, if you can, get involved. Go to cityofsalem.net and you can propose a comment, either whether you want to comment in person or if you want to comment uh, via email, you can submit that right there at uh, cityrecorder at cityofsalem.net. That's the email you're going to want to send to. And tell them, we don't want this tax. We don't need this tax. They're the ones that are letting the homeless sleep on the benches and in front of businesses and have free reign across our city and destroying this city. They are the ones that are allowing that to happen. The mayor, the city council, the police chief, they are the ones not enforcing the laws on the books. Now they expect you to pay for it in order for them to have their, their extra money that they want. And we're going to break down what this budget says that they're going to be used for. But also, I want to express that the last city council meeting I went to a few weeks ago, there's some interesting facts that are kind of tied in with that. Uh, and and uh, some citizens, bless their hearts, the citizen journalism is by far the best. People, just average citizens, they're so full of information, so full of uh, just facts, and, and they spend the time and they have such good, compelling arguments. But listen, I will tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, going there, speaking out, that's going to be great. Um, but I looked at those city council people, and they're not going to listen to us, folks. It's going to be just like how it was in Eugene when over 1,200 people showed up to protest against the natural gas ban tax. And the eight of them sat around, sniffed each other's farts, and voted on it and passed it without the will of the people. They were over 1,000 people that were against it, and they still voted on it. And I have a feeling that's going to happen this time as well. You got to understand we have things that we have a lot of work to do. And these people are captured. They've captured these cities. They've captured them through the stolen voting system, through the corrupt, dysfunctional system. While you've been at home sitting on Netflix and worrying about your boat and worrying about all this stuff, these people have been operating and moving into the shadows. And now they think that they have us, which is why they're moving forward on these unconstitutional, ridiculous, overreach agendas. Rather than reevaluating the budget, which we're going to go through, 
They just want to ask for more money. And you know what? They're not going to ask for more money. They're going to take money from you. So what do you have to say about that? What do you have to say? If you live and are around the city of Salem, or you ever work in the city of Salem, or anywhere near the city of Salem, you need to be there. And it's coming up on July 10th. That's in two days at 6 p.m. I expect you to show up. If you want to participate in anything of anything in the world, this is where you're going to want to be. It's at the Chambers Room, 240-555 Liberty Street, Southeast in Salem, Oregon. If you live and or work and are around anywhere near Salem ever, it's very important that we show up and we let them know you guys aren't going to be able to impose this. Because I have something in the works of what we're going to do to counter this illegal tax that they're going to push. There's already things in the works. It's now time to demonstrate our noncompliance. And the way we do that is we have to congregate together. We have to get organized for a common purpose and start pushing back against these tyrants. Because that's what they are. They're just tyrants. They don't have a pot to piss in. They don't ever work for anything in their life. They are literally taking orders from a superior organization. They don't care about the will of the people. Everything that they say, like I was there last couple weeks ago. Well, based on our zero emissions goal by 2026 or 2027, this meets the standards of this and that and everybody else. And then the other council member was like, oh, I second that. And I just want to say how great it was that we did our pride event in downtown and how successful it was. Pathetic. Pathetic. And the Salem Library, you're pathetic too because they were behind it all. So what do we do? This is important, right? This is the thing we got to get behind. We can talk about Trump. We can talk about Ukraine. We can talk about World War III. It's very important. It's crazy. There's crazy things happening all over. But this is the forefront. This is the forefront of everything. And I want to make it the forefront of this entire show. So on the 10th, 6 p.m., downtown Salem at the Chambers Room, if you care about your future or you just want to start giving the city money so they can provide more uh, solutions for the homeless people and give the homeless people more money and more places to live and let's build some more camps and let's do this, let's do that. That's where all that money is going. They're giving it to all these organizations. Do you know what? The money that's coming in, these city council people, I guarantee you, we, and somebody should investigate this, I guarantee you there are nonprofit organizations that these people are tied in with that they're getting some of this city money to be able to funnel into their own pockets or their own organizations. I guarantee you that. I guarantee. Let's look into that because I think that's important to find out because you got to understand what would else, what else would be their motivator? Do you really think that these people really give a crap about humanity? Do you think they really care about this city? They don't. They're filling their pockets for a future agenda. They're trying to just have it as a stepping stone into their political careers. And so they're starting at the councils and doing all the crap. And now it seems like you can see like with Ben and Jerry's, them virtually um, 
denouncing the United States on the 4th of July. Now there's a huge backlash going with that. You know, we see it with Bud Light and Target and everything else. There's something going on to where they're almost these sacrificial beings that are doing these sacrifices to pledge allegiance to like the destruction of humanity. Isn't it a weird paradigm happening right now around us where it seems like people, they're, they're doing things that are against humanity and trying to disrupt and destroy humanity. The whole zero carbon emissions thing is meant to destroy humanity. When you deindustrialize a society, people die. They can no longer survive. Energy is what creates the prosperity in civilization. Energy is what created a big portion of the industrial revolution. And the modern society that we have today is based on good energy and a certain amount of energy. Everything in the world takes energy. Doing transport of goods, transportation, you know, production, consumption, all of that stuff relates to energy. And when you cut off the energy with no effective subsidy, such as wind or solar or anything else, that is not an effective way to uh, subsidize energy. I don't care what they say, nothing. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. The real sustainability is the fossil fuels that we have, is the natural gas infrastructure that we've been spending decades putting together. So it is a sustainable thing. That's the one thing that has kept so many people alive and has allowed them to survive in cold winters. When their power goes out, they can't get resources, they can't get anything, they can still have heat. They can still utilize the natural gas coming in. So why would we turn that off? In the name of what? And what's the replacement? It's a bridge to nowhere. There's no replacement. Nothing works. Saw a video floating around on Twitter the other day of a green bus, an electric bus, right? Being charged by this giant 10 kilowatt gen generator. And the person was filming it like, uh, yeah, this is really green. So they have a giant generator that's trying to fill up the energy and the battery of this bus. Are we going to wake up, folks? Are we going to get to this core of logical things? I think we are. And I think we are absolutely sick of what's happening and what's going on. You're listening to Noncompliant America. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the formal state of Oregon in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Oh yes, welcome back. Second segment, Joshua Michael, no stone unturned. We give you raw facts and raw information here. We are not scared to provide you the truth and the reality of what the overall general population is actually thinking and actually discussing 
We're not going to give you milk toast talking points that have been vetted. A lot of the stuff is just off the cuff and off of what we experience and what I experience in the day to day. I talk to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of business owners. I talk to a lot of different walks of life all day, every day, because I'm fascinated to know what's really going on because you know you can't get real information anymore. There's so much slant everywhere on both the right and the left. The Republicans and the Democrats have so much slant in their story that they're always trying to push an agenda. They're never just trying to tell it how it is. And we don't need that anymore. We're getting out of this party politics bullcrap and understand that both sides of the aisle are corrupt. Now, the Democrats are pushing a much more radicalized dehuman agenda. I will give you that. It's way worse. But a lot of the Republicans aren't as, they're not any better. They're either complacent, they're not doing anything, or they're secretly working against good candidates. And we've seen that all the time. We've talked about it. We've exposed it with anybody and everybody associated with Solomon Yu and his fascist communist party group that have basically hijacked most of the Oregon Republican Party. Now we're starting to expose them, but I digress. I want to get back into the city of Salem tax. I want you to, I want you to hear for what they say that they're going to be using this money for and why it's such a priority. But notice how they say uh, they're going to be seeking additional funds. So listen to this. They're uh, <clears throat> a proposed employee paid payroll tax is expected to generate $27 million annually extra. Proposed. Like they're going to propose it to us and give us an option to vote on it. They're not going to open it up to the public for a vote. Unless 500,000 people show up at this thing. Even if 1,000 people. 1,000 people on, let's see, what is that? Monday. On Monday evening, if there isn't 1,000 people at this city hall city council event, I'm going to be really disappointed. And we know which way it's going to go. Even if a thousand people show up, they're still going to vote on it. They're still going to vote on it because you're still thinking that you have power and control over these people. They don't listen to us. They don't care. They're George Soros operatives, part of this greater energy, greater green movement. They are not here to serve us. They are there to serve an agenda, which is why you have cities all over this country doing the exact same things, same exact things. Why is that? It's because they're getting their resources and they're getting their information from the same people, the same organizations that are sitting at the city council meetings, the predators in the back in business suits. Those people are the ones pulling the strings. Those people. So additional funds. What do they need additional funds for? Oh, of course. Responding to our sheltering crisis. There is a homeless crisis going on in the city of Salem. Wonder where that came from. So they're going to expose, they're going to help that. That's priority number one for the money that they're going to be stealing from you. Responding to our sheltering crisis by 
sitting and operating micro shelter village communities. Micro shelter village communities. That sounds really wholesome. And the navigation centers, because they want the homeless people to know where to go, where to get the drugs, where to shoot up, and where to sleep their head at night like babies with no responsibility. Because the police aren't going to do anything. The police aren't going to do a damn thing. Oh, they also want to do some planning for the future. What the heck does that mean? That sounds pretty generalized. That sounds like a broad stroke of nonsense so they can funnel more money from you. They're stealing money out in the open from you. So they're going to carry their 2022 Salem Comprehensive Plan. Let's look and see what that is. What is the 2022 Salem Comprehensive Plan? It's a long-range plan for guiding development in Salem urban area. The goal of the plan is to ensure orderly, efficient development and meet the community's future needs. What the heck does that even mean? Do you understand how crazy and stupid these people think we are? The Salem Area Comprehensive Plan includes a variety of documents and maps. They want to do urban growth development in certain areas. We were there at the last meeting and there's this old community. There's this old housing residential community right off a commercial in the back there. Coincidentally, by the governor's mansion, which is kind of funny, but kind of in that neighborhood. And there are a bunch of uh, residents there like, hey, we don't want you guys to build a 54 foot apartment you know, low-income housing building in our neighborhood. And and, and I remember some of the uh, city council people were like, well, why why not? Because, and then the, the, the people were like, well, that's, our neighborhood's beautiful. And we have, you know, good, you know, it's a, it's a nice area and we don't want to disrupt it with, you know, apartments. We don't want to put apartments in the middle of a residential neighborhood that's 60, 70 years old. Why would we do that? That's ridiculous. And the lady's like, well, it's a beautiful neighborhood and maybe the lower income people want to enjoy their na- that neighborhood too. That neighborhood too. So these people that have worked their entire life find a nice place to retire. <clears throat> now we're going to have these apartments going into their neighborhood and just completely disrupting the flow of their entire neighborhood. And now the property rates are going to change, the value is going to change, and the whole infrastructure, let alone the traffic alone, you're going to put four, 40, 50 units in there? That's 40, 50 cars. That's 60 cars going through these tiny little neighborhoods that have poor roads and everything else. Just It's just crazy, folks. It's just crazy. So Salem Tax, make sure to get there next, this coming Monday, the 10th, at 6 p.m., I expect all of you guys to be there we're gonna fight these people and we're gonna give them a fight that they haven't seen for a long time we'll be right back and now live from an undisclosed location in fema region 10 it's your host joshua michael Just one more thing I want to notate uh, on this city of Salem tax thing that they're going to shove down our throats on Monday. Um, It's going to come to a point, folks. It's going to come to a point where you're going to realize 
they you can't vote your way out of a tyranny, as Robert F. Kennedy said brilliantly a few years ago. Eventually, there's a point where you're just going to have to not comply, right? And what that's going to look like, what kind of enforcement do they have? Do they have an enforcement division? Does the city of Salem have an enforcement division for not paying their tax? Federal government has the IRS. The state of Oregon has, you know, the Oregon Department of Treasury. But who does the city of Salem have? How are they going to enforce this tax, right? The easiest thing to do is just not comply. And so I'm petitioning right now. I'm going to start building an organization, a small one, that is going to be local businesses, that we're going to be hiring counsel, obviously, to fight it. But we're going to be able to congregate together, and I'm inviting all of you to contact me in regards to this tax, uh, JM at Noncompliant America. And we are simply just going to give the, the good old American middle finger to these people. They can pass whatever they want. We just won't pay it and we won't comply with it. That's just, that's my stance on it. And that's what I think should be done at this point. Because these tyrants aren't going to stop. They're just going to keep going and going and going and pushing and stealing and robbing and pushing and stealing and robbing until eventually you say enough is enough. Okay? So that's what I'm proposing. And that's what I suggest everybody do. Uh, from here on out in regards to this tax. Yeah, you can go speak out against it. Uh, I'll be there, obviously. Um, but uh, it, that's, just, that's just really what we need to do. These people are not going to listen to us. They're not going to pay attention to us. We need to force them to. And the only way you can communicate with these people is through their pocketbook, is through their checkbook. Okay? That's their operation. That's their modus operandi. Uh, modus operandi uh, is the fact that they want money. They want money to give to the homeless people. That's plain and simple. That's what it is. However, they slice it up, they church it up, and they have a website that breaks everything down. That's what it is. That's what they want to do. Just real quick, a uh, couple other key stories that have happened last week. James O'Keefe, his lawsuit <clears throat> overturned the Oregon law. It was nearly about three years ago when James uh, walked in the federal courthouse in Portland uh, wearing a bulletproof vest surrounded by six security guards arriving in two different black cars. Um, that was the atmosphere going on during the nonsensical Black Lives Matter, Antifa, George Floyd riots nonsense in Portland. Remember when they did the federal building uh, in Oregon? Still talked about all over. So he wanted to deliver his complaint against the Oregon's uh, recording law in their ability to record uh, without consent. They wanted to eliminate people or not allow them to record law enforcement without their consent. The original case was dismissed by Ellen Rosenblum and uh, Multnomah County District Michael Schmidt. O'Keefe's appeal in the Ninth Circuit Court alleged that because Section ORS 165-540 favored recording some subjects, but disfavored others, the deferential treatment rendered in section 165.5401C and its exceptions unconstitutional. In other words, basically stating they, they wouldn't allow you to record some people, they would allow you to record others. So essentially, that bill and that law has been overturned 
Thanks to James O'Keefe and his great work uh, at O'Keefe Media Group. OMG. He's no longer at Project Veritas. So that was an interesting thing. Um, That's a fun one. And congratulations. But it just shows how the long-term game, the long-term game is we can win these courts. We can win these battles. We can win these things. It just takes time. But we're in a race. We're in a race. If they can overstep your rights for five years and assert their new system for five years, that makes it so much harder to unwind and overturn all of that. And that's why they're doing it. That's why they're pushing every element that they can to try to overturn our rights. And if we go through the court system, that can take years. More importantly, it takes hundreds of thousands. And in this, in James's case, it took a million over a million dollars. Millions of dollars just put away, but to protect your freedoms. On a, on a side note, um, this is an interesting uh, article by RT, and they did a study on toxic forever chemicals found in nearly half of the U.S. drinking water. Chemicals known as uh, BFAS cause decreased fertility, developmental issues, cancer, cancer, and hormone disruptions. Nearly half, 45% of all U.S. tap water contains at least one of these class tox chemical endocrine disrupt... I can't talk today. Endocrine disrupting chemicals known as polyfluorinate uh, substances. According to the report of the U.S. Geological Survey published Wednesday, they're called forever chemicals. They're destroying our water supply. And that's why I think it's important to always filter your water no matter what. And I think also we should start a new trend. Any business that you go to, any restaurant you go to, ask them, is this fluoride-free water? And fluoride is is a pretty known chemical uh, that people know. You know, we don't want to get into the BFAS chemicals yet. But if they're if they're able to filter out the fluoride, then they're going to be able to filter out a lot of these other things. And I propose that we start pushing through the community of demanding good, clean water. The coffee that you drink, you go to, you go to a Starbucks or you go to, uh, you know, Bentley's or Dutch Bros or where, wherever you go get your coffee. I would ask, start asking them every time, hey, is this fluoride free? Do you guys filter your water? And they'd be like, no, why would we do that? Uh, because it's important, because did you know the contaminations of what it is and the can- cancer-causing chemicals that are all associated with it? Uh, and educate these businesses, but more importantly, let's start creating a demand for that. Because I think it's important. It's important that we have healthy drinking water. And you know what? If they're funneling this crap to the public, then they should be responsible for fi- filtering it out. And ultimately, I think the city should be responsible, which is why, you know, we should have somebody run for water, water board or the water bureau and start figuring out the chemicals that are going into the water. It doesn't require a lot of skills and it is a voted uh, position, right? So it's interesting how, you know, RT is talking about these forever chemicals found in nearly half the U.S. drinking water. Meanwhile, you don't hear any of the Democrats talking about that. 
You don't hear any of them complaining about the uh, water exposure or the chemical exposure or the bisphenol A that's in all the uh, canned goods, canned food, most of our food, the plastics, the microplastics now they're finding in people's bloodstreams and everything else. Why are they not talking about that? Because those are, that's harmful. It's because they want to destroy humanity in itself. They're not concerned about our health and safety, despite what they say. They're not concerned about our health and safety. <clears throat> they're concerned about exterminating us. And so they'll let these poisonous things come through. They'll let the dysfunctions and the disease and the cancers and everything build up and the birth defects. Everything comes in with it. You got to make sure that you're filtering your water, folks. More importantly, I would also filter your air. The air that you breathe in your house is extremely important, especially while you sleep. You sleep half your life. It's very important uh, that you clean your air. A couple uh, filters that I really like. Uh, there's the Alexa uh, Pure Air Filter. I think you can get it on InfoWarsStore.com. And then there's also FilterSuck.com as well. I have both of them. Uh, and FilterSuck is a, uh, a triad air purifier system. And it actually uh, cleans the bacteria and the scents. If you have dogs, if you have animals around your house, getting the triad air system is awesome because you can actually set it and it seeks out through a, an ionization process, any bacterial, fungal, <clears throat> or viral uh, thing in your house and it helps clean and purify your house. Now, they are a little bit expensive, um, but what's your health worth? Worth, right? You're going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for a cancer and dysfunctional down the road, or you're going to pay 1200 bucks for a nice air cleaner right now. They also have smaller versions and different things, uh, wearables. You know, when you go on vacation, or you go into a large crowd, uh, you can get a nice little wearable air cleaner. And uh, I heard that it does do pretty good. But we have to start taking our health back and we have to start taking our lives back. And I know a lot of you are. And it's wonderful to see. But these tyrants are going to keep hammering at us <clears throat> until we fight back and just say no. It's time to fight back against these people, folks. It's time to get active. We can no longer sit on the sidelines. <clears throat> it's only a matter of time. Until they start shutting off the power, there's a new pandemic coming down the pipeline, then it'll be too late. You won't be able to get supplies. You won't be able to communicate. You won't be able to do anything. You have to get prepared now. And there's a lot of great resources. There's a lot of great communities out there doing so. And you can't do this on your own. You can't lone ranger this. If you got an arsenal of firearms and thinking that you're just going to go <clears throat> rob and pillage and plunder when all this stuff happens. That's not what you need to do. That is not the solution. That's what they want us to do. That's what they want you to do. But we are better than that, aren't we? We'll be right back. Me and my buddy, we make it all of this money. Yeah, I know it's rude to be bragging. They never catching us lagging. Me and my buddy, we working hard for this money. Welcome back, folks. So, we can talk about politics. We can talk about all this stuff. Um, that's great. I want to start devoting at least one segment of my show 
to preparation. Preparation is key uh, to the preservation of our future, I believe. And one of the most important things I think that you can have in your arsenal are books, hard books, not ebooks, not uh, Amazon books, nothing like that. Real, tangible books. It's like real tangible gold, having real tangible money. That is one of the most important things to have. One, because if the internet goes down, boom, what are you going to do? Are you going to YouTube stuff? No. I know that Mike Adams, uh, the health ranger, is working on a, a media box that you can get where he basically downloads all the YouTube how-to arsenal because because youtube really youtube is still a really good resource uh when you want like do it yourself ideas and videos and how to do stuff and everything else it's still really good for that but imagine if you could download it and have that bank of how-to videos uh in your arsenal for when there's internet blackouts and internet outages and you just no longer can use the internet. Or you decide that you don't want to go along with the new uh, FedNow system, which is now rolling out at the end of the month. By the way, the CBDC system is rolling out. And are you prepared for that? What are you going to do? How are you going to navigate out of it? How are you going to fight back against it? Right? Because that's coming. But having real tangible books, I think, is so incredibly important. And I just want to go through a couple books that I have um, in my repertoire. And I haven't read all of them and cover to cover. I haven't read them. But I know that they're going to be good to have, right, for the future. For example, the first book is called Herbal Antibiotics. It's a natural alternative for treating drug-resistant bacteria. So... It's great for in-depth profiles of effective herbs because if you understand the medical industry and, and if you know the, the real history of the medical system, it does come from natural medicine. A lot of the things that we take on a daily basis that have labels on them, stuff, it came from a natural remedy that could be 100,000 years old or 12,000 years old or 5,000 years old that our ancestors had done as a natural remedy to where some commercial company has essentially, uh, you know, commercialized it and or synthesized it into this. But the, this herbal antibiotics is great because if you can't get supplies at the medical store, which if we remember last year, if you had kids, uh, you could not get the Tylenol. And there are a lot of fevers going around. There's a lot of sickness and RSV scares and all this crap that they, they were peddling and dumping on us or all the shedding going on, uh, you could not get kids Tylenol. And that was a real thing. It, the, the shelves were empty. But having the herbal antibiotics and having these natural alternatives can potentially get you out of a pinch. Another book I think every patriot should have in their repertoire is called Total Resistance. It's by uh, Major H. Von Dach. And it's a Swiss Army Guide to Guerrilla Warfare and Underground Operations. This is the Swiss Handbook 
for if their country ever, this is why the Swiss haven't ever been invaded, uh, because virtually everybody has this handbook. And if their country ever gets captured or taken over or a coup happens, this is the citizen's guide on how to eradicate that. Another book you guys might have a really hard time finding. Um, I ordered it years ago. It's called The Lost Ways. And I really love this book um, because it's good to have in food crisis, um, just different things on how to build little things and resources and remedies uh, for survival, mainly surrounding food and things that the, the colonials used to do, things that they did in the Civil War, how they prepared things, the hard breads, uh, and how to build and the recipes for that. It's actually amazing. It's like old school recipes, and it shows you where you can get them uh, out in the, in the grass and out in the fields and what to look for, what the plants look for. It has pictures. It's an amazing book. And you can always cook uh, if you're in a pinch. If we run out of food, we can look for things in our area on um, how to eat, right? Another interesting book uh, called The Self-Sufficient Backyard. Uh, oh, excuse me. The Lost Ways is by Cloud Davis, by the way. Cloud Davis, if you guys want to look that up, it's amazing. Uh, the Self-Sufficient Backyard is uh, for the independent homesteader. I know a lot of people are doing homesteading right now. And it shows you basically how to build a homestead um, on a backyard on a one or two acre piece of property. And it goes through, it's got a lot of pictures. It's got a lot of details uh, on how to set up water distribution systems, how to set up greenhouses, um, where to position things and uh, how to do it. Another thing, and these are just examples, guys. Um, these are just examples of books that you can have. You can always reference to them. They're like a glossary. They're like a, uh, an encyclopedia of information of how to do stuff. Now, I know there's other ways, and you guys all have YouTube right now, but if the thing, if the power goes out, if stuff goes out, which I believe it will, you're going to need and you're going to want books, hard books. These things are gold, right? Another book, uh, it's called, this is the fourth edition of Back to the Basics. It's just a complete guide to tr traditional skills. So this is something like the Amish would be doing, um, buying working land, raising livestock, generating your own energy, Enjoying your harvest, household skills, crafts, and more. This is by Abigail R. Gehring. Uh, no grid survival projects. These are just basic survival uh, projects that you can build with household items. You know, say from Home Depot, uh, you can go to Home Depot and virtually get everything that you need. And you know how to automatic traps for backyard pests. You know, I'm just kind of grazing through it, uh, traps against property intruders, you know, how to turn a car CB radio into a powerful transmitter, right? And this breaks down the science and the details that you need to know in order to do so. How to protect your house using an EMP shield. So how do you, how would you put an EMP shield on your system? Because an EMP is potentially a real issue. So that's just some books that we have. The last book uh, is called the Civil Defense Manual. I have I have volumes one and two. 
Uh, this is written by special operations soldiers and contributing author experts. And the re reality, the contributing author experts are people that have been interviewed and have survived economic collapses within their countries. And they break down the things that they did to survive. And one of the key things in this book and the commonalities between all the stories associated with it, which is why I express it all the time, is that the way that these people survived wasn't because they had a bunch of bullets, wasn't because they had a bunch of storable food, it wasn't because of all of these things. It's because they had each other and they had communities and small communities. I'm talking 10, 15 families. Uh, they say it takes about 15 families. And they all decided to work together in fending off against all of the things that came following the collapse of the country. I hope this gives you some information and gets you, uh, get you some more stuff and thinking about your arsenal uh, with preparing for the future, preparing for this, because we are in a war and it's only begun, folks. And thank you very, very much for listening. I'm Joshua Michael, Noncompliant America. I hope you have a great week. Again, I will see you at the city council meeting on Monday the 10th at 6 p.m.